Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Before we start the show, I just wanted to let you know that SteelMaceNation.com has the $99 Steel Mace Workshop. This is a comprehensive workshop to learn the Steel Mace basics. And once you own it, it's yours forever. So you could go back and use it over and over again as a reference. And also, if you're into workout programs, I also have the 21-day Steel Mace Challenge. Not to be confused with the 10,000 Swing Steel Mace Challenge, which is actually free, and you could just go do that on your own. you got to read the article, though. But I'm talking about a workout program that you download for $19.99. It's called the 21-Day Steel Mace Challenge. And guess what? You don't always have to use a Steel Mace. You might not have a Steel Mace. You might just have dumbbells or you just have body weight. The workout program is designed with that in mind, to use what you have at, on hand. I don't really say this enough about the program, and people don't know that, so I'm trying to make a point of letting people know that this is a good workout program to have on your phone in case you're on vacation or something like that, or if you're just starting out and you don't know what you want to do. Besides the actual three-week workout program that's in there, there's also – a diet plan. It's very simple. It revolves around smoothies. It's what I use to get into what I call my fighting shape, my fighting weight, if you will. You know, I, I want to lean out a little bit. I start following this exact program. Uh, it, it's pretty simple. Just eat healthy and then drink these smoothies. There's recipes in there. They're delicious. Um, I've been drinking these smoothies for decades now. And, um, you know, they're great for people who are on the go and everything. You know, you can just fill up your shaker cup or your blender container and take them with you. And um, you follow that and you'll lose weight and you'll keep your muscle and you'll be able to train hard. And also, besides that, there's also mindset tips in there. How to, like, really focus yourself. It's the stuff that I've learned to do over the years uh, as a firefighter. And as a coach, you know, sometimes you just need uh, tips or tricks, if you will. How do you focus yourself so you can get stuff done? I'm really proud of the 21-Day Steel Mace Challenge, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So jump on that. And then also, please don't forget my favorite Steel Mace provider, Adex Clubs and Mace. Go to adexclub.com. And check out what they have. You got the steel clubs. You got the the steel maces. But then there's this in-between one. It's it's not a club. It's not a mace. It's a little longer than a club, a little shorter than a mace. It's my favorite piece of equipment. I'm not shy about telling people that. It's so unique. They have fat handle. They have the skinny handle. Pretty soon, they're going to be coming out with the even fatter handle. Uh, there's add-on kits. There's little one and a quarter pound weights that you could go up in just increments. There's also two and a half pound weights, five pound weights. There's uh, weights that are like a cup and they slide over the top and then you thread it on. That way the, the mace or the club doesn't keep getting longer. It actually just expands outward. Let me tell you, Adex Club is state-of-the-art technology. When you get one in your hands, you'll see what I mean. They're worth the purchase. They're going to last you in your lifetime. And then some, you'll be able to hand them down to your kids and your grandkids, and they'll survive a nuclear war. Check out addictsclub.com, and let's get to the podcast.
What's up, everybody? It's Fred with the Steel Mace Nation, and today my guest is Mike Wolf from Marshall Strength Training Academy in Branchburg, New Jersey. And Mike is on the show to talk about all the Steel Mace stuff that he's got going on. He's doing workshops. He's doing classes all the time. Uh, but besides that, obviously by the name Marshall Strength Training Academy, you hear that he's a martial artist. So he trains hand-to-hand -hand combat and in weaponry. Um, been to your place several times now. You got the heavy bags hanging up. You're teaching people how to hit. You got some weapons. Some of those weapons are steel mace and clubs. And, um, yeah, you got, you're doing everything up there. So um, thanks for coming on the show, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's a long time overdue. You know, we met some time ago. We've, we've talked several times, but uh... – Getting together was never in the in the courts. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll get you on in person. But this is the fastest way because who knows, right? We're we're both busy, so we're making it happen right now. Um, so yeah, just give us a, give me a brief history of you know how you got your gym open and how you got into martial arts and everything. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, as, as as a kid, I was wanted to do martial arts. I mean, obviously a product of the '80s, right? So I remember wanting to be a ninja and a karate kid, and it's yeah. starting to come back a little bit. But that's when it really came to fruition when that was what everybody was doing, right? Daniel Sun and ninjas and everything else. So I always begged my parents to do karate, but I never really stuck with sports. So I played a year of football and I wrestled for a couple of years and played some baseball, but they never did karate because it was too expensive. So it's the one thing I never actually got to try. And unfortunately, it's what actually I stuck with as I. I got later on in life when I had the ability to do it on my own. So I started training martial arts with um, somebody in high school, who was just like an upperclassman. I guess it was like a sophomore high school. And uh, he was just learning. He was a Taekwondo guy, and he learned out of some Bruce Lee books. And we would just do some drills and things that he learned out of videos and books at that time that he had. And at the time, you know, Kung Fu Theater was on and Bruce Lee movies every weekend. I'm sure you partake in a couple of those over the time. So that's kind of, was kind of my interest into, you know, Bruce Lee and his philosophies and things. And I've read some of his books. And like I said, I was trained with somebody that was a, had, had a little bit of martial arts training in high school. And then after that, he said, oh, if you really want to train martial arts, you got to go to this, in Bruce Lee's martial arts in particular, you got to go to this place in uh, Princeton, Princeton Academy of Martial Arts, where my, my instructor at the time trained under uh, Dan DeSanto, who personally trained under Bruce Lee. So it was like two uh, levels below training with actually Bruce Lee. And we'll talk a little about lineage and stuff when we talk about the mace as well, because I think, I think lineage is important, right? The closer to the source, the more pure the water. And that was kind of my introduction to martial arts. And when I got a car and I got some money, I had a real job, I was able to take myself, and I've been doing it ever since. So that was in uh, 1997 is when I started kind of training formally in martial arts. But. Okay. And then when did you open up your gym? I opened up my gym in 2017. Okay. Uh, and so you're also a corrections officer, right? Yes, yes, yeah, that's, 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 that's my day job. Yeah, and what do you do over there? I do, do, do training as well. I do, I do training uh, for my department as well. So that's well it. As... You just you just have guys come in and you teach them how to do hand-to-hand -hand stuff, right? Yeah, I, I teach uh, defensive tactics and firearms and physical training and all those things as, as, as my job, most of my real job. Right. So, you, okay, you're teaching firearms too. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a, a tactical company as well, Just Follow Force. We teach, we teach citizens um, firearms and pepper spray and defensive tactics and things like that as well. My big thing that is a uh, use of force, right? So 
the idea is everyone can teach you self-defense, but when do I actually apply this in accordance with the law, right? The law is like the rule book. If I don't know the rules, how do I not get in trouble? So you go to your local uh, martial arts place and teach us an eye gouge per se, but uh, when do you use it? That's the important part, right? Or here's a knife. Uh, you're going to use it to defend yourself. But when do I actually use this? And then you know the difference between a deadly force and a non-deadly force scenario and things like that. So that's kind of my other, my other uh, passion is uh, use of force and uh, tactical training. Oh, that's great. I, I love that stuff. That would be like, if I wasn't doing uh, firefighting, I would love to do that stuff. Because like, so you teach people also um, how to move, how, how to stay in shape so that they can fight back too, right? It's all yeah, everything that, under that, that tech. Absolutely. So that's the whole, that's the whole con the concept of combat conditioning, right? So not only does you have to be mentally sharp, you have to be physically sharp, right? And you have to know the law, right? There's, there's so many components when we're talking about just self-defense in general and, and, and fitness and everything else that you want to be the complete package. You know, you don't want to be you know, one trick pony. You want to have the idea that for every situation that comes up, you have somewhat of an answer, right? You don't have to be a black belt in every discipline or um, but the idea is that have something that you can draw from in every, in any situation, regardless of what it is. Okay. That's cool. So do you also teach, um, people when it comes to self-defense, like how to breathe properly while they're, while they're fighting? And the reason why I asked that question is because you, people who don't get in fights a lot, the first thing they do is they get flustered and they start to breathe kind of messed up. And then they kind of get dizzy or whatever. Like since you're you're teaching people to roll on mats and everything, and how does that translate over to teaching somebody how to uh, defend themselves on the street or while they're unloading a not unloading a gun but firing their gun uh, at a um, at an assailant or whatever? Do you get into that at all with the breathing? Generally, as, as people are starting to work out, especially we'll take punching as an example, right? So as you're punching, you're supposed to exhale, A, to keep your stomach tight. But at the same point is we don't want to hold our breath. And we're looking, we talk about the lizard brain, right? When people get into fight or flight, it's fight, flight, or freeze, right? So they literally freeze, hold their breath, and that's going to make it worse, like you're saying, which is conducive not only to uh, combat sports, but also just working out in general. I mean, plenty of people pick up the mace, and they're starting to swing, and they hold their breath. Right. Right. You know, so, so it's that idea of breathing while in motion and kind of knowing when to breathe and when not to breathe. And, you know, if somebody's sitting on your chest, you don't want to hold your breath either. Right. There's already, they're already compressing your breath, but now it's taking about those shallow type breaths to kind of control yourself when someone's sitting on your chest. And then when you're punching, the idea is to, to exhale and let breath and let the breath out, obviously, but also while keeping some inside of your body. So if you do get hit, you don't get, you know, the wind knocked down you. All right. So it's that idea of, Moving through a contraction, if that makes sense, right? Like combat breathing, or I mean, uh, my wife learned it in childbirth, right? Like, uh, yeah, kind of breathing, but it's, it's letting air out, but it's keeping air in as well. Right? Okay, in yoga you call it fire breath, right? Right. So, so things like that. So the ability to breathe, and here it is: we take breathing for for granted, yeah, because it's automatic. Right. But when we talk about the adrenaline dump and stress release, the only thing we can really control. The, to lower our heart rate down is breath, right? So even from a combative standpoint, we talk about um, Lieutenant Dave Grossman, who wrote the book on combat and on killing and stuff. He was a West Point psychologist. I did some training with him, and he talks about just call, he calls combat breathing, but the same thing. It's just it's just more box breathing, right? Four counting, 
in, hold, exhale, hold, right? So it's basically yeah. that box breathing type of thing where you, you ability people to calm themselves down and relax. Yeah. In certain situations. But here it is. You can use that in any everyday life. And that's the importance of martial arts. And the, as it seeps over into your everyday life, the verdict was the most beneficial, right? Because like I told you earlier, we spoke earlier, I'm not a competitor. I'm not a fighter. I never claim to be. However, if I had to defend myself, I'm sure I could. However, that's not the main goal of training, right? The main goal of training is, yes, we want to get that part of self-preservation, um, but also want to look at that self-perfection or self-mastery. And I think that the mace allows that as well, right? So at first you pick it up, it's a little clunky, but the more you do it, the more you kind of master master movement, right? In general. And I can I'm with all types of movements. So not just kicking and punching, but also grappling and mace and hydro, whatever we can, however we can move differently is going to prepare us for when we have to move in that way. Right? The more control we have of our body, we can apply it to anything, not just one particular thing. Yeah, that's amazing. So, I mean, I'd like to help out coaches that listen to the show, and you just gave us some good tips right there about, you know, how important breathing is. If that's something, you know, you're a steel mace coach or a kettlebell coach or whatever, pay attention to your client's breathing. And, Mike, do you have any – like, since you've been introducing steel mace to all your people – over at MSTA, have you been noticing anything like um, when? Can you tell when somebody's holding their breath and they're when they're first learning the swing of mace? Absolutely. All right. So we talk about just breathing in general. Is the idea that when they're holding their breath, obviously you can tell they're not rising their chest, right? So most people are chest breathers, but we want to really be belly breathers if you've done any yoga. Yoga before, so we're talking about breathing from the lower abdomen as opposed to the chest. That's that's some general practice, but all, also you know you can just tell, right? <laughs> they kind of have that face and, and it's very serious and they're kind of hold hold pump, pumping their cheeks out, and not really going with the motion, right? The idea is to be fluid in, in all motion, right? Not just, I mean, if you're powerlifting, you're going to breathe, right? There's, there's no point of we're not going to we're going to hold our breath, right? We're going to push it out. Yeah. Please. Yeah. That's great. So since you've introduced Mace to your, to your business, um, how, how do you actually apply it in your, are you having the Mace training done during while people are doing jujitsu and stuff like that? Or are you doing separate classes? How, how are you running your Mace? Well, we have, we have two different programs. We have a fitness program, which is kickboxing fitness which I tell people it's sort of like CKO and um, CrossFit had a kid and that's kind of what I do. So it's like Ooh. some bag work. We do about 20 minutes on the back, all rounds on the back, punches, kicks, elbows, and knees, and then we'll bring in the stations. And generally the mace is part of a station. Okay. Right? So we'll have um, other unconventional tools, you know, of clubs and we'll have hydrocore, Bulgarian bags, mace, TRX, ropes, kettlebells, um, Sandbags. I mean, kind of, kind of bosu balls. The whole nine yards. I mean, think of a piece of equipment. I probably got it. If not, I'll probably get it soon. If you mentioned. So, um, and that's kind of how it works. And then that's a station. So the mace is generally a station, depending on time. Sometimes we'll, we'll have what we call educational sessions, where we'll just pick one piece of equipment and we'll work on that for like twenty minutes, where it's kind of getting people accustomed to knowing what they're doing on the equipment. So when it comes down to that station, they already kind of have a bunch of stuff they can do. Yeah. And everything's built on rounds, right? So three-minute rounds on the bags, two-minute rounds on the station. So it's slash um, cardio with strength training in a sense. 
class an hour, and that's kind of our fitness program. The martial arts stuff is basically what it is. Martial arts, it's uh, yeah. based on. So jiu-jitsu, you do jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, you do Muay Thai. You know, Filipino martial arts, you're doing stick and knife work. I mean, that's kind of how it works. Do you kind of have, class. like, do you kind of have, like, two separate families? Do you have your martial artists, and then you have, like, more, like, fitness people? Or is it a mixed match of everything? Well, I'd like it to be a mixed match of everything. However, it, it is kind of separate, and that's just by the people. So some people do cross-train. Well, they would do both, and some people are just do one or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, because I know what you're teaching, the martial arts portions, is a lifetime practice, and you can put in hours and hours and hours a week. So, if you got somebody coming in to train with you for an hour, and then you break it up and hey, let's go do some steel mace. They're there to do that martial arts. That twenty minutes is like precious right yeah 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 so so but i always tell people is, once again we we're talking about that earlier is the ability to cross train right is the ability to not just focus on one thing hey sometimes that happens people get burnt out so yeah. it's good to kind of mix it up like, like for me personally um i like to do everything and in, in my interest just shifts so yes i'll never become the mace master because i don't spend eight hours a day just doing the mace however so for some part of my life I, I do and I have and I will. Yeah. Then when I stop that and pick something else up, the mace will drop down, but I'll never get the ground zero. Yeah. Right? Because because there's something still in, in your body from doing it. And here it is. All of these motions um, are done in other martial arts. Maybe they're called something different or they have a different approach. Yeah. The biggest thing is the training methods, right? So if you're if you're throwing a, a jab in boxing and a jab in Muay Thai and a jab in Taekwondo, and it, it's still a jab, right? A swing. Whether you're using the hybrid core, I mean, it's still a swing. If you're using a mace, if you're using a club, it's still a swing. So if you master these fundamental movements, they kind of transcend and everything else. And then one thing people always say is, well, how do I learn all this stuff at one time? Right? So we use the school analogy. When you go to school, you don't become the math master and then learn to read. Mm -hmm. And then I'll really become the reading master and then I'll learn science. No, there's math and science. There's reading and math. There's reading and science. So they're all kind of cross-pollinated at some point. Yeah. So the idea is we're not built to just learn one thing only and then master that before we move on to something else. Yeah. And here's the reality. You'll never be a master of anything, right? And that's the thing is you want to be the continuous learner, right? You're a student learner, never really a master, right? And because you never stop learning. But the whole thing is the process of the journey and enjoying that process opposed to staring at the destination. Like I want to get to there, but just enjoy the process and everyone will get there. With consistency that's that's one of the biggest issues consistency right yeah so are you saying basically there is no one who's a master um i always thought that was like a big thing in martial arts like you go train with your master well there's self-proclaimed masters okay yeah <laughs> right i mean and, and especially in the martial arts world especially for what we know now there's you know the mysticism and the the no no knockouts death touch kind of stuff. We all know. But at that, at some point, I mean, that was actually, people believe that stuff, right? Right. Right. I mean, think about it. it so no, me. no, there's no such thing as a death touch. I don't have to worry anymore. No, you do not have to worry. Right? Okay. Because I mean, somebody would just touch me on the back. Uh, hey, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know. I don't know how long they've been training for. <laughs> Unfortunately, still people believe, still, people still believe in that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it does exist actually, even though, the consensus isn't fake. 
<laughs> All right, that's good. And I like I like what you're saying though, because like when you call yourself a master, you're almost saying you're cooked, you're done. Like I'm a master, I don't have to learn anymore. But you're maintaining that uh, forever a student um, idea. You know, I'm always learning. I don't ever want to say. I'm good. I, I understand this now. I don't need to practice anymore. You're always in that realm of give me more knowledge. Give me more. I, I always want to learn and make myself better. Is that basically the gist of yes. it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because here it is. Let's, let's look at this, what you just said. Once I've said I'm done, I've already limited myself. Yeah. So Bruce, I mean, I'm sure you've heard the Bruce Lee analogy. You have to empty your cup of tea before I pour mine into your cup, right? So you familiar with the story? Yeah. Well, I mean, I heard it before, but I don't. Uh, is there so? so all right. So, picture myself as the Zen master here. Although we already established I'm not a master of anything. So, we're sitting down right now. We're having our tea, and you want to learn from me, right? So, I, I, I you have a cup of tea, and I pour my tea into your cup, and it starts overflowing. And you go, "Oh, what do you mean? You're, you're spilling the tea all over the place?" And I said, "Well, first you have to empty your cup to absorb what I'm going to give you. To take my knowledge, you have to let go." of these preconceived knowledge and notions that you already have to accept what I'm going to give you. Yeah. So if you're already, if your cup is already full, you can't accept anybody else's knowledge. And let's look at, this is why we have problems. I think is because no one can just say, I don't know and learn from somebody else. Yeah. Or they have to know. There it is. If your title is the master and you're calling yourself the master and it says the master on your business card. Well, I got to know everything at this point. Right. I got to know everything. Yeah, right. I got I got the, the mace master right now. Call me. Oh, <laughs> Rick Brown. Rick this Brown. Is, this is amazing because the last <laughs> podcast I did, we talked about Rick Brown. So you want to answer it? Uh, answer. He hung up by now, but yeah. but uh, go. You know, talk about masters and things like. Now, we talk about for lineage an example of we have to learn from somebody, right? Nobody, nobody invents anything, right? I mean. Um, like to me, it, Rick Brown was like the It Mon. If you're familiar with um, Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee's teacher was It Mon, who taught the, the art of Wing Chun. Now, It Mon obviously didn't create Wing Chun. He had several masters before him. But the but the idea is, there are some people who would say, not a master, and you, people might consider that a call them master. And here it is: some of them don't consider themselves the master. However, we have to acknowledge people's level in the art, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so some people call call people master things. But the idea is we have to accept, like, Rick Brown's like the it mon of uh, mace training, right? So he, he didn't invent mace training, but he kind of took it to another level and put his, his pretty much his life's work into it. So we got to kind of respect that you know, for what it is. I don't know what, what's, your, what's your opinion on that take. Oh, well, yeah, I agree with you. And, and so where Rick Brown is right now is obviously – people pass away, right? I mean, I'm not trying to be morbid here. I mean, it's a circle of life. Right now, he has inherited that throne, if you will. Nobody's going to rule the throne forever, but it's it's interesting. It's it's He has more um, responsibility in his hands than the first ever Mace guy, whoever that was, thousand years ago, 2,000 years ago, because he's carrying the entire memory and the tradition with him, and he has to spread it into other people's minds. And who's going to be the next guy 20 years from now, 30 years from now? 
who's going to be the next Rick Brown, but at that level and carrying all that with him or her. Um, it's mind-boggling when you really think about it. And it takes something that seems maybe insignificant. Oh, you're just swinging a rock on the end of a stick. <laughs> it's a big deal. And it kind of puts a lot of weight into it and makes it really something special. And the way he treats it, and you, you can see he respects it so heavily. He's been invited all around the world, flown into India out of all places, mm -hmm. to bring it back to them. To bring it back, to, it left them, and they said, hey, Rick, we need you back here. And he, I mean, that's that's just crazy. So that's my answer to that. No, no, I agree. And we're talking about the idea of lineages and, and drinking the uh, source of water closest to the source. Yeah. You know, here's a person that he's done the amazing. And this, this is kind of what really brings the person into a master, right? They've done it so many times. They already know the mistakes they already know the question before they're already asked. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's the beauty of dealing with someone like, like Rick on that level of any, or anybody that's on the level of that in any martial art or, or you know, if you went, you, you asked Arnold Schwarzenegger about lifting weights, you know, there's something else he could tell you because he's been there before. He's like, same thing with you with firefighter, right? You teach, you teach up and coming recruit firefighters. No. Well, you already know the answer to the questions you're going to ask, and they don't even know the question yet. <laughs> Right, you've right. You've done it before. And yeah. that's, the whole, that's the whole concept here. And to me, that's kind of what makes the master, we'll say, we're using that terminology, an actual master, right? Because they've just done it before. Right? Yeah. They, they, they've done the road before you've gotten there, and they know the shortcuts to give you. So you don't have to take the path as long as it took them. Right. A, a true coach is just giving you the shortcut. Right? Yes. They're giving you the cheat code. Yes. Uh, my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu coach says, here's the cheat code, right? I've already done the work. I've done all this stuff. It doesn't work. It works. But here's the code. So now you can kind of you should start at a level ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I always say about coaching. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they they don't want to spend the money on a, on a good coach. And it's like, well, you don't have to. You could maybe figure it out watching Instagram videos, provided the video you're watching is person doing it correctly. But it's going to take you four times, five times as long. And you might hurt yourself or you're going to leave something on the table along the way. What you're paying for is somebody who is like you just said, Mike, they're going to know all the answers to the questions that you didn't even ask yet that you're going to ask. You're going to make all the mistakes. They're going to fix it and they're going to get you going so much faster. I mean, for example, I just took a uh, lesson for kettlebells from somebody, a really good kettlebell coach. And I knew I was doing stuff wrong, but they fixed me up in one session. I mean, because they did they did tricks, you know? Yeah. They had a method, a system. They were like, oh, no, I, we're going to do this, and it's going to make all your problems go away. And it sure did. And it was stuff that I kind of, like, was aware of because I might do it with steel mace training, but I just felt a little out of place because it wasn't something I was that familiar with. And – um it's it's amazing. So that's what you get when you hire a good coach. That's what you get when you go to a, you know, a studio to learn martial arts or whatever. How are you going to learn that stuff by yourself? Well, well, think about this, right? So, so, and you've probably seen this before, is people are doing something, and they're on, they're unconscious of what they're doing. Right. Right. So, so if you look at the four levels of learning in general, right? So at first, everybody's terrible. 
right? Everybody's terrible. They don't know what they're doing. Right? They're unconsciously incompetent. Yeah. They don't even know they're terrible. They're just doing their thing, but they're terrible. Right? And then we have conscious incompetence, meaning is they can do it, but they really need to think about it. Right? So they're consciously incompetent. So when they're doing it wrong, they go, oh, man, I'm doing this wrong, but at least they're aware. First level, you're not even aware of what you're doing. Right. Right. So we want to be consciously competent. Right. We want to be able to do it when we think about it. But the, the true idea is we want to we want to get to unconscious competence where right. we're not thinking anymore. We're just doing. Right. And I think that's once again is only comes through true repetition and training, um, and and trying to really master the craft, whatever that craft is. It can, it can be anything. But in the beginning, and that's what you're saying is sometimes we don't know what we're doing wrong because we just don't know. So it takes that outside person to look at you and go, hey, you're doing a squat, not a hinge. I mean, that's like a big one I always deal with. Right? I'm, sure you, I'm sure you deal with that as well. Yeah. People, let's be realistic. People don't even know what a hinge is. Right. They don't even know. Right. I mean, how many times do you have to fix people just doing a squat? What you would think is, hey, if I had to bend over at some point to pick something up, I would bend this way to lift. But here it is. Go to Home Depot and I got that sign all over the place. What? Bend with your legs, not with your back. Yeah. So right. obviously it's not so common. <laughs> right? Common sense is not so common. <laughs> we have to teach people these things of just regular movement before we even get into crazy stuff. Yeah. That's that's exactly it. It's pretty simple, actually. But we people in general, we all overcomplicate things. And usually a, a good coach or a master uh, will just calm you, to, calm you down and say, okay, one, two, three, basics. So, Mike, before we run out of time, I really want everybody to know about all the workshops that you are running. I mean, you are having workshop after workshop there. And um, I've been to a Rick Brown workshop. I've been to a Sleepy Monkey workshop. I saw the same faces there. I saw the same people there, eager for mace knowledge so it goes to show people are recognizing that there's different coaches teaching the same modality and yet they want that experience from each separate coach because they know that well each coach has a different way to teach and reason to teach and they have different cues and stuff so you got more of these workshops coming up on the horizon um, one of them I can't wait for is the uh, HydroCore on on June fifth. Maurizio from HydroCore is coming. That's the uh, water bag or the Bulgarian bag that's full of water that's made by Onnit. Um, that's on June fifth. What else do you have coming up? So in June, uh, what is your date? We got we got yes, Fred Moore workshop June twenty fifth. Yeah. June twenty fifth. We just. Decided that last night. Yeah. Right. So that's so going to be for charity. Everybody can check that one out. That's a charity workshop. Um, so what else do you have? All right. So June 5th, we got HydroCore. Uh, July, I'm sorry, June 25th, we got Mason Clubs with you. Uh, July 16th and 17th, we're going to have a Steel Mace Flow Level 1 certification. All right. With, so Leo Savage. With Leo Savage. That's a good one. That's, that's July 16th and 17th. And then um, September, we're going to have Rick Brown back again to do his Mr. Mace Man Coach workshop, as well as um, 
of regular, so there's a regular workshop. So if you don't want to do a Mace Coach and just want to experience training with Rick Brown, you can do that first. I'm sorry, that's, at, well, that's actually after the eight hours workshop. We did it last year. Mm -hmm. So if you want to become a certified Mace Coach under Mr. Mace Man, then you could do a whole entire uh, eight hour session, which will teach you how to do swings and basically his, his methods of how he does things. And then if, if you don't want to be a coach, but you just want to experience working out with Mr. Mace Man and all the other great coaches that come. You can come do a two-hour workshop. Uh, also, that's also available. And then I tell it also is um, if people have come to it before, they could come and do for like half the price. You can come and do a refresher, right? So if you haven't, if you've done it before, but you just need to be have a refreshing, you can come back and do a refresher course. So. Okay, and that date is going to be. It's the twenty fourth. Okay, September twenty fourth, and nothing in August. Not now. Right now, nothing in August so far. Right. So far, maybe, maybe I got to come up with another one to do in August. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, uh, she, I've talked to her before, but I want to get Valerie up there and do some kettlebell stuff. Yes, uh, so she'll do a mace fit. Yeah, with, uh, oh, kettlebell stuff, you said. Well, kettlebell, I mace fit, you know. Okay, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I would, I'd definitely mace fit. I'll try to be there for that one too. Yeah, get her there, get her there. So that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing my workshop. Uh, that was your idea, actually. You saw that I was doing a little fundraiser, just raising money for firefighters for freedom. Um, and you were like, hey, why don't you do a workshop and we'll donate all that money? I was like, oh, that's awesome idea. I'm glad you thought of it, Mike. I mean, that's a really <laughs> good idea. And, you know, I wish I was a little bit closer to you because I'd be over here training with you all the time. Yeah, I mean, you're about an hour away from where I live, about a half hour from, from my work. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to come in one day and, and get in on just a, a regular class. You know, I love doing that stuff, going around and just sampling different things and, uh, you know, maybe try out some of the other stuff that you do that I haven't ever tried before. Um, and any, anything else uh, as far as what you have uh, out of your place? Anything, any special events that you're running other than the workshops or? Uh, you can always check our website on Instagram. Uh, we post pretty much there. You know, we got some jujitsu stuff coming up. How do we find you on Instagram? Uh, Marshall underscore, underscore strength. Marshall underscore strength. Yeah, and yeah. Um, what, what are you doing on Mighty Networks? Is that anything that people need to know about? Yeah, we're, we're looking to do a get together called the Steel Mace Alliance where other people can get together kind of get their groups in there. So the concept, even from my, my school, is the idea is it's for everybody, right? So we talked about this earlier. Steel, Steel Mace is about bringing people together and not pushing them apart. So if I can, if I can be at home to people that want to come. And here it is. If you if you want to do a workshop, give, give me a call. Send me a, a direct message. Uh, and, hey, we'll, we'll host, uh, host you if you have something, something to share with us. You know, hey. same thing. We're doing the same thing kind of online in a sense with, with, the, with the Mighty Networks coming out soon. Okay. So that so that people go to Mighty Networks and they type in Marshall Strength Training Academy and that's uh, how they that one would be Steel Mace Alliance. Okay. So they type in Steel Mace Alliance and then they join that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so everybody it's kind of in the process of being built, but uh, when it gets out there, we'll start to really kind of promote it. Okay. Yeah. So keep everybody posted, you know, when it's ready to open up people can just go to it and and follow it that's great and um anything else is there 
Any other? No, of course, but, of course, thanks for thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, had a good time. You know, time time flies; it goes fast. I mean, yeah, it always we gotta, does. We got to touch some base on steel mace. Uh, kind of how how we kind of integrated stuff for next time. But uh, other than that, just uh, thanks for having me. And uh, I'll see you talking again soon. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad to see martial arts people doing the steel mace. I mean. It, I think it's gonna. That's really gonna start taking off now. More and more people who do jujitsu and whatnot are doing steel mace, and it's fantastic to see. What's, what, what, here it is. Why I got a steel mace? I got a steel mace like ten years ago, because uh, it was connected to wrestling. <laughs> so I bought it. Uh, I did some ballistic curls. I did some squats, and that's all I kind of really knew. In 2017, when I opened my gym, is when I hosted my first steel mace workshop. I had a new breed fitness come by. Right, and, and they showed us their ballistic style of training, you know, and then obviously COVID hit, and then everything else. Um, and Mr. 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 Mace Man came by, and they were kind of been running it ever since. Yeah, so there you go, everybody. Martial Strength Training Academy in Branchburg, New Jersey, turning out to be the hub for steel mace, at least in the North Jersey region. Region, and then of course you got me down at Jersey Shore, but. Uh, again, you're talking about an alliance. I'm talking about a nation. Let's make that happen. Thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. Thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate it. We'll see everybody at the next one. Take care.